everybody. This is Pam at the Paper Outpost, and this is the Paper Outpost podcast, the joy of junk journals. Everything from junk journaling to paper crafting to life of a crafter to answering your crafty questions. And I'm coming to you, yes, from the beloved living room couch with Sun Bun. My little Maltese pup is here with me. He is flaked out even more flakier than, than Mama is. And uh, we are here to answer your crafty questions today, and you've got some good ones. So let's get right to it. Gail Swanson asks, I feel my first journal is too big. Is it possible to remove some signature pages so it's uh, too bulky, or would you just leave it alone? Okay, so a couple key things you said, Gail, where this is my first journal. And is, is, is it too big, you're wondering? Meaning too fat, maybe too fat to add ephemera and embellishments to because it's going to be a big gator mouth junk journal, which I am not opposed to. I I love that style. Um, But um, maybe you were thinking more of the writing journal style where it's more um, sitting flush like a a regular book would and not splayed at the one uh, right side where it opens. Um, You've got options, Gail. Let me tell you, you've got options. You can either, A, remove some pages you can tear them out, you can cut them out. Um, you can also, if it's, let's say you, you put, I usually do 10 to 12 pages on average per signature. That number can change depend on, depending on the thickness of the paper that you use or how many signatures that you're gonna put into a, a journal. But let's say your average one, one, you know, one inch journal might take somewhere between three and four signatures depending on how many pages and how uh, densely packed you want your journal to be with pages. If you want to do a lot of heavy decorating, then you want to have fewer pages and or fewer signatures. Um, And that's the art of making a junk journal because you're going to get to know when the porridge is at the right temperature, the more journals you make. So the fact that you said, you made the point of saying this is your first journal and whether you should change it. I would say if it were me, I would not change it. I would leave it as is and I would make another journal and change one element, like either fewer pages per signature or if you've got four signatures, maybe try three signatures. That'll give you more space in there if you want to do some more decorating. And then the next thing is you may go back and look at your first journal one day and decide to yourself it's not too big. That happens. It's the weirdest thing. We... um, judge our work and our craft on one day and we think, "Uh uh-oh, I did something wrong, I did too much, I didn't do enough, it doesn't look right, something's off kilter, and we either start to disassemble it um, or we put it aside and we start anew. And either are fine and both lead to new learning processes. Um, If you alter the current one, you're going to learn through that process, but you're going to lose your original in the process. And that might be okay because maybe you've got um, uh, somebody's birthday or uh, something coming up where you need a gift and this is going to be the gift and you need to make it right so it works and you don't have time to make another journal from scratch. I get that. Um, So you may just want to remove a few pages by either tearing or cutting them out or cutting an actual signature string, removing the actual signature and removing enough pages, and then re-sewing the signature back in through the same holes with three-hole pamphlet stitch, and it'll be okay. 
because those holes should still be in the same place as long as you keep your pages, like so you know where north is, where the top is all the time. Maybe paper clip them at the top so you know that's the top. That's going to help you a lot there. And then um, the other thing is leave that journal alone. Consider it your first foray uh, into junk journal making. Maybe you're going to want to look back at it um, a day from now, a week from now, a month, a year, five years, and go, hey, this was the first journal I made, and, and here's my learning process, my learning curve. You know, at maybe you'll say, at the time, I thought it was too big, but now I look at it, and it looks great. I love it. Or you may say, this is a writing journal. Maybe I, did, maybe I put too many pages in to heavily embellish it, but maybe this will be more of a, a writing journal. The other thing that you can do is, let's say you have... A decent number of pages in it, like a lot, but the journal bows op- uh, bows open too much just because of the sheer thickness of everything. Make sure that um, when you insert your signatures, that you train the paper. I show this on the videos, but I basically take a uh, um, um, a bone folder and I run it down the side of the signature that is nearest the spine once the signature has been sewn in and that trains the paper to be thinner at the spine position so that it will lay more flat when the book is closed and if let's say you didn't do that or you're not able to get it as flat as you want you can always lay the book down on the table and put a heavy weight on it um, like something I like to do is take the um, I have this like chopping block. It's a piece, a big piece of wood in the kitchen. Uh, I'll put that on top of a journal, and then I'll put some weight on top of it, like a case of water or something. I'll come back the next day, and the book will be much more compressed. That's a, a kind of a quickie way to do your own, you know, book press at home. And um, uh, and if you don't have one of those block things, you can use a, a like a oven tray or anything like that that's flat and wide that will cover the surface of your book to distribute the weight evenly. So just some fun little tidbits there that might help. Um, you've got options, Gail. You've got options. Diana Ham Hamill asks, hi Pam, how do you get Happy Mail? Um, okay, the easiest way if you're interested, oh, I, I don't know if you're asking me how do you, like you, Pam, get Happy Mail or how does anyone, like you in general, get Happy Mail? Um, in the crafter world, Happy Mail is uh, stuff we like to send to each other just because. Um, maybe we come across some supplies, or maybe we make a few fun little embellishments and we want to share them with each other to inspire each other, or things like that. And um, uh, there are Facebook groups um, that are uh, junk journal groups that do uh, Happy Mail in them. I'm not sure which ones actually do. Maybe Junk Journal Junkies? I'm not sure, but some of them, I'm, I'm pretty sure... Um, Scrap and Lizzie does, but you might want to check with them to be sure because they might have changed it since last time I looked. But either way, um, I had a friend across town, um, and we, uh, this was probably four years ago, we would exchange happy mail. It wasn't even mailed. We just got together. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And exchanged some um, items with each other and that was fun. 
Um, if you're interested in, in sending me happy mail, um, the easiest way to do that is to email me, um, pam at thepaperoutpost.com, and um, then I will connect with you um, at my end on, on what to do from there. But um, um, that basically is, as far as I know, how it's done. Some like These bigger groups will sometimes start... Um, an uh, address list where uh, you'll be assigned a certain person on there and then you send something to them and somebody else on the group may be assigned to send something to you. I mean, there's a million and one ways that people get connected in the happy mail world. Um, A lot of people send uh, junk journal YouTubers happy mail uh, because they see what we're interested in. They're like walking around out there in the world and they'll say, oh, you know, um, so-and-so might like this or something like that. And next thing you know, comes the happy mail. And uh, some YouTubers will do happy mail um, um, reveals, like, oh, I got this in the happy mail and that in the happy mail today. And some don't. And I generally don't. Um, but it's mostly just a different style. Different people will do it differently. And it's it's all good. That's That's the way it goes. And let's see... We have a next question from Carla. She says, is it Fabrifix that you're using? And she's asking about these six fun ways to use a paper doily in a junk journal uh, video. And I'm saying, I'm guessing yes, because I use Fabrifix a lot. It's a clear silicone glue. Glues fabric to fabric, fabric to paper, and paper to paper very well. And uh, I'm not sponsored. I just like the glue. Okay. Um... I have over 900 videos, so I don't actually remember what glue I was using in that video, but odds are I use Fabrifix a lot, so there you go. Um, Hilda Peterson asks, uh, Hello, Pam and Menagerie from Alberta, Canada. I love the color of the pages you dyed using stencils. Coffee, tea, or something else? Um, Also, do you have a video on making designs using stencils in the dyeing process? I can't seem to get any design. Um, Help. Scratches behind the ear for Sunny. Okay. Um, first question was, what are you used to color the pages? Um, I love using coffee instant crystals with just mixed with a little bit of water and then I can control the depth of the dark. And um, I like to use tea because it gives it a little bit different of a shade. And if you use different kinds of teas, like Ruibus, I don't know if I'm saying that right. That's what it looks like to me. Um, or um, green teas or black teas. Um, and some like rosehip tea will be a pinky kind of color, which actually once it dries, it'll be more of a brown, at least in my experience. Um, but you can, there's like purple teas and all sorts of things. And a lot of them, they may have actual color additives, but um, it. Uh, so coffees, teas, um, I was using Bombay inks for a while, but, um, and that's, um, they give beautiful color. Um, it's a very expensive way to color your papers. I probably wouldn't recommend it. I just bought so many of them at some point and I never really used them. So I thought, well, it's time I use these up and I started dyeing paper with them and a little ink goes a long way and you can make, um, you can mix and match colors and put them in little spritzer bottles and make your own ink. You can also do that with food color, very inexpensive. Just buy a five pack of different colors of food color and you can mix the colors together and make all sorts of different shades and they work very well as well. And they have really come out with some unique colors in food coloring. Like if you want black food coloring for Halloween or a brown food coloring, um, they have it now where before they only had the you know basic colors, but you can get a lot of, uh, if you don't feel comfortable mixing them because you don't know exactly what you'll get you can buy a a nice variety of colors um one 
uh, source of an, uh, a food color, probably a little more expensive than regular food color from the grocery store. It's called, um, it's, maybe you can get this at the grocery store too. I think it's called Wilson's Food Color. It's, I'm sorry, it's Wilson's Icing Color. And it's very, very concentrated. And um, you can buy it on Amazon or eBay or Etsy or any of those places. Um, but it, I, like a little goes a long way. And I'm, I'm kind of talking out of the side of my mouth about this because I bought... Okay, let's go into the craft room and see where actually... I lost it. I bought it. I put it away. Couldn't find it for years. You know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to use it. Now that I've located it, I have it in my... Of all places... The paint drawer. Like why on earth would I store it in the paint drawer? Okay, so I have a bunch of these. Let's just pull out three. What are these? This is juniper green, red red, and violetta. And they look very intense. So I'm going to pull these out because we are going to play with these babies. And what was the name of them? Look, Read the name, Pam. Red icing color. So it's icing color. What? I thought they were Wilson's. Why, why, why does it not say Wilson on here? Maybe I bought some off-brown. Don't tell me I was cheap and bought some off-brown. No, no, no. The cap says Wilson. No, Wilton. W-I-L-T-O-N. I want to give you the right information. W-I-L-T-O-N. Wilton icing color. It comes in a little plastic jar with a screw top. It almost looks like a prescription bottle, but it's a little smaller. And um, have heard rave, rave reviews about these. Um, have not used them. So I'm, I'm going to pull some out. And I'm just, god darn it, that's coming out in a video soon because now that I've actually located them, I guess i got to pull them all out. I could, I could make lots of different colors. Look at, I've got copper, royal blue. What is this? Kelly green. Okay, now, now I'm getting excited about doing this. This is the way we make things happen. I wonder what copper is going to look like. It looks black in the jar. That must mean it's very concentrated. And I would imagine you really want to protect your surfaces when you work with this stuff because it'll get everywhere. Oh, let's say if you don't or can't find these or they're too expensive, I don't even remember how much they were. But um, if they're not a possibility, you can also use um, unsweetened Kool-Aid. Yes, yes, you heard it here. Unsweetened Kool-Aid is a great, it's basically food color, um, a great dye for your papers. Um, and you can also mix and match those together. And okay, so now what do we have else with these Wiltons? We have golden yellow, uh, Christmas red, and moss green. Oh, we're getting fancy here, boy. And let me go ferret and dig in a little further. How many? There's another one. See, I, I was like, eight, oh man, there's like 40 of them here or something. Am I? I'm never gonna make all these. What was I thinking? 75 different blues. What is that? Ivory. Oh, there's an interesting one. Orange, sky blue, teal, rose pink, burgundy. I, I, oh, I can only carry so many in my. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Man, this is crazy. I See, it's good to go shopping at home. There's, because we've shopped before. 
and we went out on impulse buys. It happens. I know. I've been there. <laughs> and you end up with all this stuff, and then you shove it in the drawers because you're so beautifully organized, and then you forget you have it because you can't see it because your paints are on top of it. You had no idea where your, your icing went, and you knew you didn't throw it out because you hadn't even used it yet. Okay, what are these colors? Let's see what these are. All right. Uh, brown, black, orange, burgundy. Oh, rose pink. Yeah, I said those already. Okay. Oh. I was just reading them before I was pulling them out of the, the drawer. Back I go. All right. One, two. Oh, my gosh. I got a lot of them. Yeah, this was definitely a late night impulse buy. I was probably watching somebody else's video, and I, I think I know who it was. It was Heather from Thicket something. <laughs> um, oh gosh, what was her name? Heather something from Thicket something. But she's really a great artist. She's very creative. And um, she recommended these. And I was so excited because everything else she's recommended has worked fabulously. So I have full faith in this. Okay, buttercup yellow, lemon yellow, cornflower blue. Oh, that's a nice one. Oh, creamy peach. Yeah, okay. Yeah, no, these definitely need to be played with. It's a, it's a sacrilege they have sat in there that long. I'm hoping nothing happened to them. Hopefully they haven't congealed and become something else as time and heat and everything else that they've had to weather themselves through has passed. I think I got them all. All right. So, um, yeah. See, I buy stuff and forget about it all the time. All the time. I know. Oh, so far behind cleaning the craft room. See, Sunny, we went through, we, oh my gosh, it's already October. That means we've almost gone a whole year without a deep uh, craft room clean. We've done a couple drawers here and there together with you guys, but we've barely scratched the surface to what really needs to happen. I need to empty out the whole craft room, like vacuum behind everything, get every little last dust bunny, because paper does produce a lot of dust. And I do have a HEPA filter in there, and I do vacuum in there and the floors get washed and the counters get wiped down and all that. But there's all those other little areas, you know what I mean, behind this cupboard or that drawer or set or blah, blah, blah. There's dust bunnies and they need to go. They need to go for a happy, healthy crafting experience. Um, okay, so did I answer all your questions, Hilda? Um, also, do you have a video on making designs using stencils in the dyeing process? Um... I do. I'm not quite sure if it's exactly what you're looking for because some people do those really, really super pretty. Um, they either use placemats that look like lace or they use doilies and they spritz and spray coffee dye over them and they get multiple layers of things. It looks really cool. We'll do that on a video. I don't know if I actually have a video of that, but I have done um, sprays with like stencils on paper with distress inks and things like that, like Tim Holtz distress inks. If you don't feel like mucking around and mixing water with icing color, Tim Holtz does make some nice spray inks. And um, definitely, again, cover your work area. Just get seven shower curtains and cover everything, including yourself. Just punch a hole and wear it as a poncho. You'll need it. Um, and uh, have a lot of fun Just and make a ton. Once you set that whole camp up, just make a ton because you're going to have fun in the process spritzing away and stenciling away and um, 
So you, yeah, you literally spritz right through the stencil. There's no rubbing, although you could rub and then spritz if you wanted to. You like could rub with um, uh, distress ink in the pads, with the paddle brushes, and then move the stencil and then spritz ink um, in another area. You could totally do that. Oh, I'm getting excited about doing that. It's a whole ordeal though. And when, it's kind of like you got to pull all that stuff out. So you want to make a lot and then put it all away and clean it up very well and then to stack it on a big shelf like a bunch of these ready-to-go papers and you're gonna have so much fun with them for so long and there's there's really no paper that you cannot stencil or dye you can pretty much do it to most of them the only ones that won't take it as much would be the glossy pages in books so I might avoid those as much because it's gonna beat up and not soak in like you would really like it to but the porous the porous paper of like old fiction books and stuff like that is is wonderful to do this stuff on and it's so pretty and you can actually keep the pages in your book intact let's say you're gonna take this hardcover book and you're just gonna go through and stencil or it's gonna be your practice book your fun book for mucking up and throwing color on different pages and then you can take out the pages as you want already colored you can either tear out the pages or cut them out or pieces of them and use them for whatever you like and and those are so handy and they store they're already come in their own storage box it's called the book if you don't take it out and it it lays nice and flat you can put it on a shelf and um, it's a really fun thing to do. We'll, we'll do that again, too. So there you go, folks. I hope you had fun. I know I had fun with you. I always do. And I'm so honored that you choose to spend time here. So go have some good old papery fun, and I'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.